0: I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida.
2: And I'm Jamie Jennings in Phoenix, Arizona. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June 6th, episode 1947, brought to you by Horselovers.com. Good morning, Horse World. Everybody up, rise and shine. It's a new day. It's Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday.
3: Here we can go again.
4: And
2: away we go. Oh, it's Wednesday morning. And uh, sorry, I'm a little distant right now because Glenn, moments before we went on the air, said, A listener asked how I keep, what'd she say?
0: Um, The uh, woman. You're hard to control sometimes.
2: Ask if I was hard to control.
0: And by the way, I was on the floor laughing my ass off. I was just...
2: What's really funny about that (laughs) is that anybody would think you have any, <laughs> any possibility or, like, just controlling me is hilarious. Um,
0: I think they meant in a I, work sense. Like, you saying things you shouldn't, say, you know. that That's how it was meant. But And, and still, I was on the floor, floor laughing. And, oh, by the way, Jemmy's here, and she was laughing when she heard it in the pre-show meeting.
2: <laughs> so, Jemmy, talk to me about how that made you feel. I was laughing because...
5: <laughs> 'Cause Glenn wouldn't stop opening his mouth about it, which I just could see him digging himself himself a hole. And he didn't even say it originally. <laughs> like I got oh,
2: madder and matter and matter as he kept going. Yeah, and so he just kept talking.
0: <laughs> and uh, it's just the thought of anybody telling <sighs> Jamie what to do in any way, shape, or form, including me or her husband, made me <laughs> just laugh my ass <laughs> off.
2: Okay, uh, good. So you came at it from the right direction. Well, that no, I was like,
0: as a matter of fact, I didn't even think of another direction. That's the only way I thought of it. Was like, I think they meant a work sense. Like, how do you keep her from just saying things that are going to get you sued? And sometimes we don't. Everybody, um, we we cut those parts out, and we just don't tell. Do her. you
2: so. do you know, Glenn, that you're the one who has said more curse words on the I show guess than I me? Yes, I have actually. Okay. <laughs> cut stuff out not tell me about it give me a break who on earth needs to control their mouth better than you
0: (laughs) the whole concept of that whole thing it just made me laugh it just
2: oh gosh you know what as a woman let's let's rethink how we Perceive the workplace. Okay. <laughs> That's all I'm going <laughs> to oh, say. No, I,
0: I don't think that was ha- w- what they meant at all. It was on the air. It was, <laughs> how do you keep, how do you keep <laughs> okay. my handle on her? It's like, I, you don't. You just All
2: right, Uh, Jemmy, (laughs) considering... Hey, before we go
0: any further, I need to warn everybody that uh, we are about to get some massive storms here in Ocala. It is dark as night outside, Uh, and if we go off the air for the live listeners, if we disappear, that's why. Monday, we actually were recording two shows, Jennifer was, I was, and we had lost power for two hours. Yesterday, Jemmy was recording shows in southern Florida and lost power, so... I'm just warning everybody that that's a possibility. Summer in Florida, man.
5: (laughs) Nasty storm. Yeah.
0: All right. Jimmy, what's coming up?
5: All right. On today's show and our weekly horse health report, Dr. Janie Clower speaks about laminitis and the ECIR-recommended protocol for insulin-resistant horses. Plus, Jason Reynolds gives us the update on all the changes that the Florida Horse Park in Ocala, which I remember seeing under construction a few months ago. So, really interested in hearing what's going on with all that. Scott from the Pollock Report joins in with a look at the entries for the Belmont this weekend. Can justify take the Triple Crown? Freeze.
2: Freeze, freeze. Another bit of reality that happened before the show is that Jimmy (laughs) realized. Do you know she's only watched one horse race? Jimmy, do you know what the Triple Crown is? Let's go with the pop quiz. What is the Triple Crown?
5: Yes, it is a series of three really important horse races. Don't ask me to, other than the Kentucky Derby, oh, and the Belmont Stakes. Okay, (laughs) the Preakness, am I right? Is that the three? Is that the three? Please tell me I'm right.
2: (laughs) What amazes Am right? me, and she's like, I've watched one, and what amazed me is that there was like an insinuation that she won't be watching on Saturday. And who doesn't watch the Belmont Stakes when a Triple Crown is on the line? That's I impossible.
5: I didn't even know it was coming on this
2: <laughs> You will glean something from the show before I die. Do you understand? <laughs> something will rub off. You're going to be like well, 84 today, years old, and you're going to be like, quiet down, hope- kids. It's the first Saturday in May. I have to watch the <laughs> derby. Hopefully,
5: hopefully, I get to learn a lot about laminitis today because... I remember the very first time I broke mics with you guys, you were cracking on me for not really knowing what laminitis is. So I got I'm glad we actually get to talk about it today. I can learn something today, Jamie. Yes, I can we learn. We did the
2: we did can, the questions <laughs> about horses for non-horse people, and that was one of those. And um I'm I'm proud of you, Jamie. You remembered that term and that's She'll good. i never forget but it. <laughs> I don't understand how someone, a human on this in this country, much less this planet, but especially in this country, could not know that and uh, not watch the potential triple crown on Saturday. Jamie, is- make
5: it work. I'm I'm like 25 minutes away from Wellington.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a different world. I mean, you're uh, you know, but I still it's horse world all around me. Yeah, she's only
0: about seven, 45 about minutes it. away from Goldstream, so uh,
2: you know. oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I said, before I die, before I die, <laughs> you will watch a race voluntarily. You're going to be like, oh, my God, you guys, Belmont. Shh, shh, hey, one of these days
0: I'm down there, Belmont's or, uh, Gulfstream's running. I'm going to take her to a whole cart of races and make her sit through the whole 20-minute breaks <laughs> in between each one and everything.
2: Well, don't are you bet we're like
5: she a bets. fascinator, <laughs> or fancy hat or whatever. Yeah,
0: you can wear whatever you'd like. I don't care. We're going to make you sit through 10 races which takes about 18 hours in the afternoon. Uh, well,
2: we made her make a pick for the for the derby and I believe her horse came in dead last and I bet it. So, I don't bet.
5: <laughs> she still hasn't
0: forgiven you You're for that. Welcome.
2: You are welcome. It would have really paid. I would have been I would have made it rain on Jimmy. <laughs> it had to come in. Okay, go ahead. Keep, finish your thing.
5: Finish my thing. Okay. Ah! All right, so that after all of that, Jamie also gives us a second half of chapter 29 of the Opium Equation and Bad Advice for Horse People by Horse People, which we know is a fan favorite, so you don't want to miss any of it. And speaking of, it's a packed show as always today, guys, and speaking of today, it's National Yo-Yo Day, and I'm not at all embarrassed to admit that I actually have a case of special yo-yos she in does. my collection because I'm totally an adult, guys. And it's also Drive-In Movie Day, which got me thinking, are there, are there movies? this is a serious question, are there drive-in Yes. That allow you to ride your horse. Oh,
0: yeah. I don't know about that, but we do have one drive-in uh, left here in Ocala. Do you have any in Phoenix?
2: I don't know, but dr- the 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 riding a horse to a drive-in movie. How are you going to hear the radio, Jimmy?
0: How are you going to hear the <laughs> you audio?
5: Your cell phone. Your cell
2: phone can pick up.
5: They have apps nowadays that can do FM tuning and stuff like that. It can be that dead. sounds like curious a terrible
2: a- waste of battery. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: and besides, who's going to gonna the get the hurts to, to sit still for two hours?
2: <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine Zeus trying to stay? I'm like, stop, stop moving. We have two more hours to go. Thor Ragnarok is on. It was, it
5: was a sound business plan. I just was curious. As
0: <laughs> God, this just show is off, Belmont, be so off the rails and we haven't even really started yet. So I'm going to do this. Big Wednesday. I, I'm going to do this. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to give my Daily Winnie on a serious note, to, and I don't even know their names, but I'm going to give my Daily Winnie to them anyway. On the cruise last week, and, and there were two guys on the cruise that have been best friends from the time, get this, that they were in, in elementary school together. They're now in their middle 90s. Everyone was like 92 and 194 or something, but they have been best friends forever, and that included all through the military. They served together apparently in the same unit in World War II. And they were in uh, many of the major battles, and they came on this cruise together. Apparently, their wives died. Each of their wives died like 20 years ago, and they've been inseparable ever since, and they just do all of these fun things together. And they were on the cruise together, and they became celebrities on this ship, Jamie. Uh, Everybody knew who they were. Uh, Everybody was talking about them. And I got to give props to Royal Caribbean, because Royal Caribbean really did a great job. They were escorting them all. They realized what was happening. And they they gave them the Gold Star treatment. They were escorting them everywhere. They got to sit wherever they wanted. It was really cool to see them shown the respect that they deserve. Uh, and they, I, I met them in the elevator the one day, and I said, you guys have become celebrities. And the one guy winked at me and said, it's kind of fun. So <laughs> uh, that's
2: awesome. they were great. About time. So, yeah, About so,
0: time. so good for them. There's not a lot of those World War II guys left. So, if uh, you
2: see um, a guy, by the way, they all World War II vets wear a hat. Oh, they were wearing it. Basically, they always wear the hat. Yep. If you see one, uh, somebody wearing a hat that's like, you know, the World War II hat, the veteran hat, and they look about that age, please, please, please go up to them and just say, Hey, thank you so much for serving. Because there are not many of them left. And we, we have a lot of uh, those people in Phoenix, a lot of retired people that live here in Phoenix and come down for the winter. And Chad and I can't even get to the grocery store and he's talking to all of them. And it is when you say that to them, you make their year. So please, if you do see somebody that looks like they've yeah, yeah, got that hat, it, it's a very telltale hat that they all wear, especially here in Phoenix and just go up to them and say, thank you. And Oh my gosh, you just can't even imagine what that'll do for them.
0: Well, I think they had a really good fun seven days. I really do. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I was, it was really cool to see.
2: I have two. The first one goes to Victoria. You know why she sent me a lovely letter and we're, Pretty much best friend pin pals now. So, uh, Victoria, thank you so much. And we are with you, girl.
0: Very good. One more. I have one more as a okay. birthday. All right. Uh, oh, birthday? You didn't warn me. Yeah. Happy uh, I did warn birthday,
2: happy Yes, since the basically the beginning of the show I've talked about a young girl who has grown up here. Her name is Abby. She is my babysitter, she is my student, she is my Isn't practically she like
0: 45 my 45 now. I mean we've been talking about <laughs> Abby for like 10 years.
2: I know. Well, tomorrow is her oh, this is this is like this hurts me cuz she started riding with me when she was 8 years old. Tomorrow she is 16 years old and she's, Got her license ready. She's going in. She's going to drive in the, fr- I guarantee the first place she drives is out here to see Joey. So, um, oh, it's, yeah, 16 tomorrow. Happy birthday. I can't even believe it. Well, she was like, good. she was like three feet tall. She rode the pony that's here now when she started. Than me, I think. Now she's, she's like six <laughs> feet tall. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Happy model. birthday, Abby.
0: <laughs> Good job. Crazy. Good job putting up with Jamie. Did she control you? Is she got? You? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, All right. Uh, let's get to our first guest.
2: It's time for the horses in the morning horse health report when our intrepid hosts, together with an unlucky member of the equine veterinary trade, attempt to inform, enlighten, or terrify horse owners everywhere into funding a Kickstarter campaign to mass-produce Kevlar-coated, wrap lined equine products. Well, we are going to talk to Dr. Clower this morning about the ECIR outreach group, basically about horses that have equine metabolic issues and uh, good morning, Dr. Clower.
4: Good morning.
2: Did I say that right? Did I pronounce it right? Yes. Okay, good. Good. Well, tell me, first of all, um, where in the world are you?
4: Northern British Columbia in Canada.
2: Oh, see? All right. Fantastic. I'm glad I asked. Uh, So talk to us a little bit about what the ECIR is, because I'm not sure that I know.
4: Okay, the ECIR, is the Equine Cushing's and Insulin Resistance Group, um, was started by a gal named Robin Fisco, um, in 1999, I think. Uh, to, her horse was diagnosed with Cushing's disorder. And she started this group to find out more about what was going on, and then in about 2000, 2001, Dr. Eleanor Kellen came on board and she is the driving force behind the ECIR group. She is a very well-respected veterinarian with a strong interest in metabolic syndromes and endocrine disorders. So the ECIR group, as it stands now, we have an outreach group on groups IO that uh, gives people information about what to do with their horses who have been diagnosed with... Some metabolic disorders such as Cushing's or equine metabolic syndrome or um, other issues that might result in laminitis. And there is a website also, ecirhorse.org, where you can go and find out more information.
2: So... This is a problem that actually plagues a couple horses uh, at my house. None of them have gotten quite as far as laminitis, but I do have a couple ponies and mustangs and a draft cross here that are all, you know, we have to do certain things to make sure that it doesn't go any further. So let's talk a little bit about diagnosing and how to, how to take care of a horse that have potentially does or will have insulin resistance or Cushing's disease.
4: Okay. So insulin resistance and Cushing's are two separate disorders. Okay. um, Although they share a lot of the same symptoms. Yeah. Diagnosing is by doing blood tests. You have your vet come out. It's a non-fasting test. The horse should have, or pony, or mini should have hay in front of it before testing for at least four hours before testing, but no grain meal of any kind. You ask for insulin, glucose, and leptin. Best to get the stuff sent to Cornell University because then you have a standard, um, you know, if you send it to the same place every time, you have a standard to check against every year or every six months if you test that often. For Cushing's, you ask for ACTH. And um, the only caveat with doing that is there should be no heavy exercising before the blood test and don't trailer the horse to the vet clinic. Have the vet come to you. The blood needs to be spun and separated as soon as possible um, to ensure that the analytes don't break down and get degraded. And it's sent to the lab on ice.
2: Okay, so So we've... We yeah. we do the blood test and and hopefully my vet will know about all of that details. <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. um. So w- say okay. So I have a horse that has Cushing's disease here that is currently on pergolide. But le- let's talk about let's separate Cushing's and and insulin resistant because I have a Mustang that has that as well. So we take Cushing's disease. What what is Cushing's disease? What is it doing to my horse?
4: Cushing's disease um, is a condition where the hypothalamus in the brain loses some of the neurons that are responsible for the feedback loops that uh, normally occur, I'm trying to put this simply, The hypothalamus in the brain loses the neurons that are responsible for the feedback loops that would normally control uh, the output of adrenocorticotropic hormone, ACTH. That hormone goes to various parts of the body, but especially to the adrenal glands and causes an increase in cortisol. Excuse me. High ACTH will also cause an increase in insulin. So if your horse has Cushing's disease, there's a few things that are happening that are of note. The high cortisol results in suppressed immune system. Uh, The horse is more easily uh, gets infections and can't respond properly to infections. There'll be muscle wasting, loss of weight, connective tissue is um, thinned and weakened, and laminitis. Those are the big things. So if you, you know, my old PPID horse, Uh, I could just about guarantee if he was on the same diet he was always on, as soon as his top line started to go, I would test him and his ACTH would be high and I would increase his pergolide, the lovely top line, and the weight would come back on like magic. Mm -hmm. So the dose of pergolide that, that is necessary is the one that controls the ACTH and keeps your Cushing's horse looking pretty much like a normal horse.
2: Right, right. Well, and then we've got some. So it, all of that, like everything you're saying, is giving me like PTSD because I'm like this is exactly what I'm dealing with um, with this particular horse. Actually, Glenn, it's Chili that has a uh, Cushing's disease, so mm. everybody knows He's like So 85 years old. <laughs> Bless his heart. <laughs> <laughs> and and you mentioned the connective tissue. I don't think I've ever heard of that, but it makes sense because his whole back is like. He's a little sway back now and all of that. And and the, the muscle wasting has happened along his top line. And he actually has a yeah, couple, kind of a
4: saggy, saggy belly as well.
2: He, oh, yeah, that's it. That's it. And you, you start yeah. to think and, and I had to have my vet out to look at him. Because I was like, I feel like he's gaining weight. But she's like, no, it's just the just the belly that kind of because the back starts to sag. Then you get this kind of bigger belly look, but he's not. You know, overweight. So she said to me, "She goes, the Cushing's won't kill him, but the side effects of Cushing's disease will." So, what are some of the the really like? What are some of the worst things that can happen to a Cushing's horse?
4: Laminitis is probably the worst one, I would say. Okay. Okay. And the second worst one is um, uh, they succumb to infection because they can't fight off any infections. Their immune system is compromised. Uh, And, you know, if it's completely uncontrolled, they eventually more or less just starve to death. Like, uh, that's not quite the correct term, but they can't keep weight on. And in wintertime, they will actually, you know, succumb to uh, cold and starvation because they just can't keep the weight on.
2: Well, this is just reminding me to give him his pill every single day. And my God, it's easy to do and it's not that expensive. So it is something that is very treatable, right? I mean, this is something we can manage with pergolide.
4: Absolutely. Absolutely treatable. And uh, just make sure that he's getting enough pergolide because it's a progressive condition. You know, you never cure it. uh, You only manage it. And it tends to progress over the years, so horses need an increase in dose as the years go by.
0: Yeah, we've already done.
4: So you're basically Mm -hmm. just
0: stopping them at the point that they were when you started the, the drug. Yes. Okay. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. And we've we've already had to up the dose once, so it is part of it. But before we run out of time, I do want to talk to you a little bit about insulin resistance uh, in horses. I have one horse that is a Mustang Zeus, and he is very crusty and just looks like my vet says that he is the the prototype of a horse that will have insulin resistance. So we're pre-treating that. I soak his hay, um, make sure that it soaks for about half an hour before he eats it. Uh, What are some, what, talk to us about insulin resistance real quick.
4: Okay. Insulin resistance uh, is, you know, it's a natural thing in a way because mustangs, man, they need to pack on the weight because they don't have much in the wild, obviously um uh, it's not like they're normally presented with huge amounts of food so insulin resistance tends to occur in those horses that are easy keepers by genetics because they mm-hmm. need it to be if your horse has insulin resistance management is actually pretty simple you want to feed hay excuse me that is less than 10% soluble sugars ethanol soluble sugar esc plus starch together you don't don't worry about the fructans don't worry about nsc don't worry about WSC just ESC plus starch has to be less than 10%. All the other dietary components also should be less than 10% ESC plus starch. So that means many 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 bag feeds excuse me are not really suitable for the IR horse.
2: And uh, and after- by the way sorry to jump in the ones that say that they're low starch are not low ESC. I have been through 15 different feed stores looking for what would be a low ESC feed, and I've only been able to find one out here, and I have to special order it, um, but that not, that's very important that I don't think many people know.
4: No, and it, it's a marketing thing. You know, often when a food says low starch, it means low starch compared to sweet feed or oats, which is great right. useless. Yeah, it's got to be below 10% ESC plus starch. And the starch really should be, low, be below 4 or 5% as well because it packs a big wall up. There are, I can count on one hand the feeds that are available that are suitable for an insulin-resistant horse.
2: So name them, please.
0: Yeah, we're, <laughs> don't kidding. worry about uh, conflict. We're okay. Uh, we, if you can name a couple, that'd be great.
4: I can absolutely name a couple. Um, I mean, uh, Triple Crown Natural Timothy Balance Cubes, that's a brilliant one. It's guaranteed low ESC and low starch. It's just a hay cube, you know, but they like it. Nuzu Stable One, um, LMF Low NSC Complete. Oh, I'm having a brain fart here. I knew I should have brought this up on my. Little
2: See, <laughs> that's okay. We have uh, the one that I found out here is Triple Crown Light. And they do not they tri- carry it yeah. regularly, but Triple Crown Light is one. Um, and, man, you don't even have to give that much, you know? Just
4: yeah. Triple Crown Light, you do have to be a little bit careful with because some of the bags are higher in starch than other. We, Our group analyzed, some of our private members analyzed a whole bunch of Triple Crown bags. Sometimes the starch is as high as 11 to 12%. So you need to be a little bit careful with that particular one. Oh, wow. I know on the website it says... Yeah, I know. I know on the website it says... Uh, it's lower than that, but that's an average.
0: So gotcha. a that's bag, a good point. When they make these feeds, maybe you don't know the answer to this, but I've always wondered this. So you said it depends on the bag. When they make these feeds, then it, it can vary by the batch.
4: It absolutely can, unless it's guaranteed okay. to have a certain level of starch and ESC. So those, those safe feeds, Will have that guarantee. How's right. the average or, person
0: just out there, like Jamie, out there just trying to find something? Know that they don't.
2: No, you have to work don't. with your vet. No. Yeah, you have to. You have to have a relationship with your veterinarian, one that you can ask questions and they will take the time to answer them. And and but you have to know what questions to ask too. So we've got this list. I would love if you could email me that list, and I will post the list of safe feeds. Um, online. And so, so all of our listeners could, could check them out. So any more takeaways on insulin resistance? Yeah, go ahead.
4: Sorry, Two other things that I forgot to mention. Soy hull pellets are, uh, they're not like a ration balancer or anything, but they're a brilliant feed um, because they are very low in sugar and starch and rinsed, soaked and rinsed again. Beet pulp is another one that is safe, but I'll send you that list and you can post it.
2: That would be wonderful. We would really appreciate that. So insulin resistance, what is the the main thing that can happen to a horse that has insulin resistance? Laminitis?
4: Laminitis, yep. They have high, in, high insulin in the blood will cause laminitis. So the goal is to feed stuff that doesn't promote glucose and insulin spikes. They almost always have a normal glucose, but they will have high insulin and they might reach a tipping point where they're tipped over the edge into frank lemon you want to avoid that at all costs
0: let me ask you a simple <laughs> question how about grass
4: yeah Ha! you know if you have a diagnosed insulin resistant horse that you're worried about he should not be on pasture there's really no safe time to be eating pasture because the sugar the sugar um varies so much during the day and the year so that sounds terrible, but, you know, if you look at uh, horses out in the western states, Nevada and stuff, they they don't eat grass because there isn't
0: any. They're right. Yeah. So trust me. Jamie, Jamie lives thing. in Phoenix, so she... Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, good Lord. Well, there you go. <laughs> you know all about that. Yeah. Yes,
2: I do. Um, I know all about it. But we do have just enough to keep them, keep them busy, <laughs> is what I like yeah, to say.
4: Yeah,
2: um, yeah. So, so insulin resistance... Is me soaking my hay, is that actually helping?
4: It depends on your hay. Now, if you have enough hay that you can send it off for an, a- an analysis and it's less than 10% ESC plus starch, you don't need to soak.
2: Yeah, I don't have that. I, I get I get new bales every every week.
4: Yeah, we have the same problem. <laughs> oh, okay. So you don't have that option. Yeah. yeah. No. Okay. So, no. so yeah, soaking... Soaking definitely does help. Most grass hay is going to be lower than 10%, but not all of it. So, soaking is a good proactive way to keep that down. You soak one hour in cold water or 30 minutes in hot water and then drain the water where the horses can't get at it.
2: Gotcha. Being in Phoenix, it it all comes out hot. So, (laughs) I'm in good shape. Oh, yeah. Okay. There you go. Well, Dr. Cloward, this has been just awesome uh, information. Where can people go to learn more or talk to you if they have questions or, you know, questions they can ask their vet? Where can they find you and more information?
4: More information is on the website, ecirhorse.org. And uh, tons of information and the ability to ask questions and post questions and, and so on will be on the outreach group, which is at Groups. (coughs) Dot io. <coughs> E-C-I-R uh, groups.io. If you Google that, it'll come up. But I can send you the, the link, too, and you can post that.
2: That would be wonderful. Thank you so much. This has been so fascinating and terrifying at the same time. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me on the show.
2: Thank you, Dr.
4: Clower. All right. Bye-bye.
2: Bye. See, I knew she'd be nice.
4: Yeah, she's from Canada. She's from Canada. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Every Canadian is so
0: nice. You know, before we get off of this topic, I just... my uh, Jennifer's so smart because we Scooter, after the grass started growing this spring, the one day he came in with two of his feet hot. And, Mm. of course, Jennifer panicked. Of course, Scooter's my fat hackney pony, who I like to deny is fat, but he... Kind of a little chunky. Oh my uh,
2: God! I just saw a picture of him. He's huge. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so so he's on a dry lot, uh, and she says no grass. And guess what? She's feeding. She's feeding. Oh, she's feeding, uh, beet pulp that's wet. You know, washed out beet yeah. pulp is what she said, and cubes, and that's what he gets in addition to a very basic. You know. Uh, cardboard hay um and you know he eats the hay reluctantly he'd really like to have the good stuff but um uh so apparently that's what we're doing we're doing it right i can feel better now that i'm not starving my pony
2: Good. Well, you know what? It's interesting what she said too. And I wouldn't have thought of this. She said rinsed beet pulp. Yep. You know, you put, I put the beet pulp in there. I haven't fed beet pulp in a while, but you put the beet pulp in there and then you soak the water and then you dump it to them. Well, then you're still keeping all the sugar in there. So that's interesting yeah, to like have to I, I rinse heard that the beet
0: too. pulp. I heard that too. Yeah. Now I need a strainer in the barn.
2: Try, dude, I'm telling you what, do you know how hard <laughs> trying to figure out how to soak a flake of hay is? Because, so I took the muck tub, right? I yeah, take the muck that's tub. That's how most I people split. do it. Yeah. Yeah. So you, I laid a. Um, I thought I was so smart. I t- put a hay net yep. over the muck tub, yep. put the hay in the thing and soaked it. And then I went to lift the hay net out of the muck tub. <laughs> do you know how much that weighs? That's like 300 pounds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's no way it was pulling. Not that only
0: that, it just no matter how you day. do it to get it to wherever you're going with it, you're going to get soaked.
2: <laughs> okay, I figured it out. I have the system now because now I tried 14 different ways to try to get the soaked hay over to Zeus, and so I went to Home Depot and they had these little garden carts,
0: oh, and they yeah. look.
2: Worthless. Just if you were gonna put some in there, just you might as well carry it. It can't carry anything, you know. It's a worthless garden cart, and it's about a... the size <laughs> yeah. of a flake of hay. Ten bucks. It's got a little liftable, retractable handle and wheels. And I fill it up by the thing, and then I wheel it out to the grass that we do have, and I dump the sugar water in the grass, and the grass looks amazing.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so that is the way that I've been able to do it. But if anybody has any better ways, just okay, please, Jamie at Horse Radio network.com I'd be more than happy, but I'd be more than happy to share a picture of my garden cart, too, if you, if you need it. It was like, they were on clearance at Home Depot, so hurry up and get one.
0: Well, speaking of clearance, I was at uh, horselovers.com this morning, and they have oh, a special off, offer going. By the way, there's been more and more of our auditors complaining about horse lovers, because apparently it's become an addiction for some people. Yeah, um, it's a problem. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why it's an addiction, you know, but... It is. Uh, So saving, they have a Savings Grow special today, uh, where it's it's a certain amount off your order, and it, I think it's only one day only, so you're going to want to get over there, and it's only one per customer. You can only place one order, so uh, they they figured all of you out, <coughs> our listeners. <laughs> uh, it's $5 off any order, $10 off $100 or more, $30 off $200, and $50 off 350 or more.
2: So if you were looking at a saddle or something, or, or a some helmet. big boots, know, or a been, helmet, yep. something... Yep. This is the time to make that big purchase, because 50 bucks off, of that's awesome.
0: And they also, I don't know if you're familiar with Perry's products. They're actually made in Lexington County, Pennsylvania. We we carried Perry's products, and we had our store way back uh, 15 years ago when they first started. They make all kinds of girths and uh, polo wraps and different things like that. They have really good quality stuff. A lot of it's Amish-made, uh, and their halters are Amish-made, and and it's just really good quality stuff. They have a uh, overstock sale on Perry's products right now with the prices really reduced um they have the magic gloves for like three dollars they have stirrups their jointed stirrups get this the perry's jointed stirrups for 24 um <clears throat> so they have all kinds of different ones of the perry products and they do have a lot of different products uh they have their uh we used to sell a lot of their rubber grip handle crops the, the little 23 inches. You know, have little don't talk about why s- straps on them uh, for four dollars. Um, so you know they have all different kinds of stuff there, and you're going to find them all at HorseLovers.com. Fantastic! So head over there today to find all of the deals there. All right, what do you want to do next? Some bad advice. You got
2: you want to hear some advice?
0: Yeah, let's hear some advice.
3: For bad advice for horse people, by horse people.
2: Play it again because you messed up the beginning. I did?
3: And now it's time for bad advice for horse people by horse people.
2: (laughs) Thanks, Chad. So I couldn't decide whether or not to do the, I think my horse has ulcers, what should I put it on? Or how do I get the foot to grow more? Um, And they're both equally as fantastic in the advice department. And um, I just want to say to the ulcer people, please don't feed yellow mustard. Stop, don't do that. That's not appropriate for ulcers. Anyway, so I chose
0: the why horse. Do you mean like one. the house kind?
2: Oh, I can't make it up. I
0: can't make it what, up. What, like the kind that comes in a little squirt bottle you put on hamburgers? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Why yeah, would you yeah, do yeah. that? Uh, that's
0: why the segment is called
2: Bad Advice <laughs> for Horse People. I've never heard of that. <laughs> Yeah. It's great well, on hamburgers, not anything, so good in your uh, horse. <laughs> uh, you can find anything. So this one is um from a girl and she says any advice on how to toughen a hoof and get it to grow more not faster this horse literally doesn't grow foot and he ripped his shoe off and took like a lot of foot with it i am not adding anything to this before anyone posts anything if you're gonna say get a new farrier you can't promote hoof growth or anything along those lines please don't comment i'm looking for an absolute I'm in dire need and will try everything, even if we tell them to feed me uh two carrots every seven hours. Horses 18, one and 17 hands. Thank you. Oof. Big horse. All right. Yeah, that's a big horse. Um here are some of the suggestions. And maybe some of these are good. I don't know. Uh I feel like if there was a die like an absolute though, everybody would use the same thing, right? That's kind of like pergolide treats Cushing's. Like there's not like, hey, try soak. You know, the, whatever. There, there's if there's 14 million different ways to treat something, none of them work. <laughs> I would imagine, or work well. Uh, The number one suggestion. I'm just gonna go and kind of go through. I just took little pieces out. One is called hoof armor. Another one is put use cast sigfoos. Sigfoos. What? Do you know what a sigafo is? No idea. I don't either. Uh, to grow hoof, somebody suggested suggestion uh, PEMF therapy, which is I don't know if it would help grow hoof, but it's amazing. So sure. Um, another person said for gardening the soul, sugar, betadine, and keratex.
0: For gardening. Okay.
2: For gardening the soul, sugar, betadine. And keratin.
0: And when you're done, just uh, plant an azalea. Uh,
2: <laughs> the next one is My Farrier recommends Nox gelatin to his clients. Okay. Boy, Do you know what gelatin is? Yeah. Why don't you tell everybody? Why don't you tell everyone? Yes, they're saying give a teaspoon three times a day. Nox well, gelatin the
0: same kind of stuff they make jello out of, right? do you know what
2: gelatin is
0: it's like the inner part of the bone
2: it's wrong cow hoof oh cow it is cow hoof Okay. it's the and and it could be horse hoof too okay it's gelatin it's the inside of hooves and like in in sinew and ligaments if you're thinking
0: about it on a higher level you would think okay if i feed a horse a part of a hoof that's been ground up into gelatin it would help hoof growth right
2: Horses I'm just, are herbivores. I'm just, I'm just okay. Job. Vegetarians <laughs> do not feed a meat product I'm just, to your horse. I'm just please, your <laughs> please. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking to the four people that posted it on this page. Seriously, people, do not feed an herbivore a meat based product. By the way, when you do go get your starbursts and you think, oh God, these starbursts are so good in this movie, you're eating gelatin. Gelatin is Hoof stuff. Okay, <clears throat> moving past that. Don't don't do that. Um, another one, this is like the next suggestion, is called Kevin Bacon Hoof Formula. What? Is that a real
0: thing? I don't know. Let me look that one up. You've got to Google, Kevin Google Bacon that one right formula. now.
2: <laughs> the next two suggestions were similar. One was called Arizona Copper, and the next one was California Trace. Another suggestion was give your horse exactly two carrots every seven hours.
0: <laughs> okay, wait a minute.
5: Ari- Sorry, Arizona Copper and California Trace sound like horse
0: names. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly.
0: Oh, wait a minute. What we have been doing? Show we have done seven thousand episodes in the Horse Radio Network. I kind of thought we knew about everything. You know, at least have heard about. There is an entire line of Kevin Bacon's hoof products. No way. I don't know if it has anything to do with, you know, Kevin Bacon. I don't know. But there's an entire line. You can find him on Amazon. Kevin Bacon's liquid hoof dressing. There's uh, there's (laughs) an entire page of Kevin Bacon hoof products. (laughs) I had no idea. We got to get Kevin Bacon on the show. Just because. (laughs) Uh, There's an Um, entire line of Lucy Diamond shampoo products. Have you ever heard of that?
2: No, but don't get off topic.
0: I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm stuck on the, uh, Amazon, all this Kevin Bacon stuff.
2: Yeah, well, who knew?
0: There's a Kevin uh, Bacon com- coloring book, but that's the actual Kevin Bacon. Oh,
2: yeah, sorry. that's probably Kevin yeah. Bacon. Um, combat boots. What? Combat, combat boots. And the, the like, description the after this of, is Like used, your husband it, wears? <laughs> uh, it says combat boots. It helps them better absorb nutrients in their feed and promotes hoof growth. I don't get it. Reducing. R-E-D-U-C-I-N-G. Reducing. That's what jockeys do to lose weight, like throwing up. However, I do meant they I think they meant reducing, which is R-E-D-U-C-I-N-E. Apply lightly around on coronet band every other day for several days. That is a blister. Okay. Do not blister your horse's coronet band. Okay. Don't do that. That is what Tennessee walking horses have done to them to make them step really high. All right, we're all going to continue
0: learning today. We learned about Kevin Bacon products. Well, Combat Boots with a K is actually Uh a supplement. Okay. (laughs) It's an all-natural yeast (laughs) top-dressing digestive aid, and it boosts horse digestion by eliminating oxygen in the intestines.
2: What do they say about this next one? Do not bath. Rinse off horse unless... Absolutely necessary. Treat water like battery acid.
0: They're, so they're saying water uh, uh, the stunts growth? <laughs>
2: do not bath your horse. Water is battery acid.
0: Water is. Battery
2: uh, the acid. next suggestion is. What do I lounge? do when it rains? <laughs> or like there's a like, on the grass. I'm I can't I even see the
0: barn now. It's raining so hard here. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, the next suggestion this is again to help promote hoof growth don't bath uh the next one lounge at a slow trot a trot or slow canter lounge your horse at a trot or slow canter the next uh suggestion was sound hoof conditioner here's another vote for gelatin i gave my horse gelatin why would, and that really by helped the way, his why, feet
0: if we say the word correctly and say lunge why would lunging help <laughs> foot growth
2: i don't i don't know i don't know I, this is why it's called bad advice for horse people by horse people. And if you disagree with me and you think that gelatin is a good idea for giving an herbivore something that's meat based, you can just keep that to
0: yourself. No, you can uh, send it next... to Jennifer at <laughs> She's not here. We can. <laughs> yeah.
2: She likes complaints. Uh, the next one, Farrier's formula. But, and, and that's a good biotin supplement, yeah, Farrier's yep, formula. Yep. But they said Farrier's formula for like, Eight months. Do you know what happens in eight months?
0: Your foot grows Your out horse anyway. It's a
2: so free growth. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's right.
2: Uh, the next one is fantastic. <laughs> I, I can't believe it took this long to get to it. Hemp oil. Hemp oil has helped my mare's feet immensely. Marijuana can help everything, <laughs> apparently.
0: That's being proven um, in our studies. More and more of the studies show segments are marijuana helps everything.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Uh, the next person decided to ask do you,
0: more questions. Do, they, do the horse smoke it, or do they put it on the feet?
2: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hemp oil. You rub it on your temples. I'll that's rub it on the temp- That's um, So the next person decides to be super helpful, and I think we can tell where this is going. I want you to tell me the argument after I read this. Okay. Okay. Pay attention. So, is your horse lame? Is he not barefoot? Some horses can't be shod every six weeks. It weakens the wall. Are you feeding any supplements? Sometimes those pricey supplements don't work. What do you use this horse for? Any chance of you protecting his feet while he is barefoot? You need to allow a little more time for the foot to grow? Question mark. What do you think this person's insinuating?
0: I have no idea. Shoes are evil. Oh, yeah. It's- yeah. It's a barefoot person, yeah.
2: and 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 you can be a barefoot person and listen to show. But I'm just was uh, suggesting that the 18 hand. By the way, the picture is of a horse 18 hands jumping about three and a half feet. Obviously, yeah. it should be barefoot. Yeah. Uh, another one is uh, po- well, it's I put Venice, one more. Uh, Venice. Oh no, no, I got two more. Venice turpentine on the soles every day in the summer because the dew is on the grass. Uh, MTG is one, and then find fantastic uh formaldehyde you need straight formaldehyde it says straight formaldehyde do you know what formaldehyde yeah, is do. used for yeah curing dead bodies yeah. uh and then the next one ch- really cheap option is to get a vita floor vibration plate
0: yeah that th- those are cheap
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh i love
0: what well, we all we had one clo- close that basically said the foot will grow out so yeah we had one basically. that pretty well, much said the foot will grow out
2: then the, the one more did say use hoof flex mixed with pine tar,
0: <laughs> well, pine tar used to be a big thing it, it, yeah that was that was yeah. all people used for a long time, uh-huh yeah,
2: uh-huh, and then we've since moved past. That. <laughs>
0: All right, let's go to our next guest. Uh, you know, one of the th- Ocala is becoming a hopping place, uh, especially here in the winter. There is more and more going on in Ocala. We have tons more horse people coming than have ever come before. Eventers and endurance riders and Western folks are coming to Ocala now. Rainers. Uh, we have we have the large complexes that we talked about that are being built here, and we've talked a number of times because we've gone riding there a number of times and gone to shows there. It's the florida horse park and the florida horse park we haven't gotten an update in the florida horse park in a couple of years i know we've talked about it before uh and jennifer and i talk about it because we go there but uh it's a, it's on the other side of uh ocala from where our studio is and we're going to get an update on that right now and all the happenings here in ocala with jason reynolds who's the executive director of the florida horse park good morning jason
3: Good morning, Glenn. How are you doing this morning?
0: Good. It's a good day for the very large indoor arena that you guys built because it is stormy and rainy here. I don't know about over there, but it is dark as night. So it's a good day for that. It absolutely is. It's stormy here. Absolutely. So we have not had anybody on it, as I said, in a couple of years to kind of give an update, but Ocala really is, I would say, the fastest growing destination for horse people in the winter right now in florida would you agree with that
3: i absolutely would agree it's it's phenomenal how many people we get down in florida during the winter
0: and and it there's just and it's not just one discipline it's multiple disciplines
3: no you're absolutely correct i mean here at the horse park we it's it's amazing you know you we may have an eventing we may have hunter jumpers uh we may have a cattle show it's It's just crazy. We get so much different activity. It's great.
0: I can't tell you how many times I've gone to the horse park, and I love watching this, where they do uh, uh, dog course luring, it's called, where they chase the thing around the field. Um, And that's a lot of fun to watch. But we've been over there for dog events. We've been over there for horse events and and at concerts and all different kinds of things. But you guys recently really improved. And from what I saw uh, from the eventers' comments, you guys really did a lot of work with the arenas, and everybody seemed to be thrilled with them.
3: Absolutely. We, uh, we just added, added nearly 250,000 square feet of arenas. Um, and we use the Martin Collins cloth fiber pudding with a brand new system. It's called the Reso horse system where, where it's, it's quite amazing. Like right now it's pouring out. Um, I have no worries about our arenas cause they're all draining right now. They, uh, they automatically drain, they automatically adjust for the water level. So it's, it's quite phenomenal. We've had, uh, we've had some amazing comments about it and, and they're just doing
0: amazing. For, for people that live outside of our area, the Florida Horse Park is, what, about 600 acres? Um about 500, it, correct? Right, 500 acres. It's big, um, and it it, it sits uh, it sits in a beautiful location in Florida, amongst some beautiful farms uh, here in Ocala. And you you recently did the project where you put up a new uh, indoor covered arena, which is just the size of a football field, if not bigger. And then you pu- installed a whole bunch of new barns too, right?
3: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, we put up a brand new covered arena, uh, 80,000 square feet underneath that. And like you said, today, it's, it's a good time for it. Uh, and and right now we're sitting at 320 stalls. So uh, so we're growing. We're growing quickly.
0: Has the horse community really jumped on board?
3: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We uh, In April, we just had a show, which was, was phenomenal. We had, I think, over 15 countries represented. Uh, so yeah, it, it's, uh, they're, they're appreciating what we're doing, and uh, and we're working hard for them.
0: And it's English and Western. That's one of the things I noticed about the shows when I looked at the calendar. It, 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 there's a lot of Western in our area. People don't realize that because we see so many of the English writers, the dressage and eventers and things coming in. But uh, there's a ton of Western going on here.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. And and it's not just Western. We do
0: all all disciplines,
3: all breeds. Um, but I was just on the phone yesterday. We're trying to bring a, a rodeo down here um, and we have a we have high school rodeos. So, yeah, it's it's all breeds. We're we're more than happy. If if you can use the space, we're more than happy to accommodate no matter what breed you are.
0: Can you talk? Is there anything coming up in addition in the future?
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're we're always we're constantly growing. Um, we're working on a lot of infrastructure needs. Uh, you know, we found out we need some some infrastructure. Obviously, it's it's not the glamorous stuff, but it's the the necessary things. Um, and we're we're just constantly growing. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I wish I could uh, pinpoint a couple of things, but yeah, we're just we're just continuing to grow.
0: Well, uh, you know, and with everything that's going on here in Ocala, with uh, you know, all the new complexes being built, I just think that. You know, I'm kind of proud to live here now. You know, we moved here many years ago, and and it's just grown so much since then. Uh, We lived in Lexington, Kentucky before, so we kind of had that model to come to. But I really see that we're basically becoming the Lexington, Kentucky of the South. Everybody thought about Wellington as that, but I I see Ocala going to be overtaking Wellington uh, very shortly in, in that perception.
3: I, I think so. I, I think I, I agree with you there. I think we uh, we've got some phenomenal facilities here in Marion County. Uh, just amazing, and uh, and the unique thing about that I have found out about horse people and, and especially competitors, they like a variety. So so we can always use these facilities, and, and you know nobody gets stale on just one facility. They one weekend you go here, next weekend you go there. It's just phenomenal.
0: Well, I know you guys do a lot and are really working on bringing a lot of non-horse stuff in, too. And that's exciting and good for us that live here. But, uh, I, you know, there were some shows when I looked uh, at at your schedule that I didn't even know they were a thing. So (laughs) there's lots of cool stuff going on. There's lots of cool stuff going on. The website is what? It is
3: www.floridahorsepark.com.
0: FloridaHorsePark.com is where you can find all the details. If you're going to be in Florida, if you're going to be in Ocala, check out check out what's going on over there. And it is also adjacent to the Greenway, which is the, the linear park that goes all the way across Florida, which is kind of cool, too. So um, anything else? I think you've done a great job, Lynn, describing it. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Jason. Florida Horse Park. Check it out if you're ever coming to Ocala.
2: Oh God! I've always wanted to compete there. When I lived in Georgia, I signed up for two different horse trials, and my horse went lame right before the horse. Oh, trial. at the
0: at the horse park, their cross country uh-huh. course is amazing.
2: <laughs> I, I I I I've heard. Thanks.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you <laughs> never missed seen it. it. I'm sorry you missed it, but it's amazing. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. <laughs> Thank you very much, Glenn.
2: <laughs> oh, I didn't know he was listening. <laughs> That's embarrassing.
0: They have, uh, carriage, they have carriage obstacles there, too. So they do carriage shows there, which is kind of fun. We worked at a couple of them. We've gone over and Fence Judged, uh, which had a carriage show a lot different than Fence Judging at a riding uh, event. Because, the, the, you know, they have to take certain courses through the obstacles, and it's like, I was confused. I don't know how the navigators do it, but I was getting confused. Speaking of which, this is a good time to promote tomorrow. It is the first driving radio show on Horses in the Morning. We, Wendy and I are, ooh, sorry, the whole house just shook with that thunder. Oh, my um,
2: gosh, I actually <coughs> heard it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That Caught me off guard. Um, the Wendy is coming over here to Horses in the Morning. We're moving the driving radio show to once a month, the first Thursday of every month, on Horses in the Morning. So, the first part of the show will be all about driving and carriage driving, but we're changing it up a little bit. We're really making it for people like Jamie who are just starting out in the driving and who maybe get in a carriage and are scared to death. We're hoping maybe to help. you should
2: try it for people that actually like driving.
0: Yeah, who, who we're hoping to alleviate that <laughs> Not fear scared. that you get initially. By the way, Wendy felt the same way you you did when she first started driving she hated it and thought it was awful and terrifying um but she got through that so you can too so we're really- i
2: have galloped race horses at keeneland Glen and driving is scary to me <laughs> i know it's my so funny. 13 we talked, hand pony we
0: might have talked about you uh, on our show a time or two um uh, <laughs> great <laughs> so yeah we're doing that tomorrow morning so it'll be the brand new episode and she also will be uh giving a couple of recipes, because we we are going to continue doing the Chinese medicine segment that everybody loves with Wendy. And she's talking about the five elements. Remember, we've talked about those before. But she's talking about the five elements in relation to feeding in the seasons. So she is actually going to give some recipes for some really cool things to do in spring and summer as far as feeding your horses. And the summer one might involve, well, let's just say, frozen pops for horses and a recipe for that so uh and and they're good for insulin resistant horses so that's another thing but it's a, she's going to talk all about that i saw i saw what she's going to talk about and it should be a lot of fun so that's coming up on tomorrow's show for the first time well cool. well we are going to be talking to scott from the pollock report he is here do you want to bring him in let's do it hey
2: scott how are you
0: Hey, Jamie. Hey, Glenn. Thanks for having me on. Yay. Oh I'm gosh. glad I'm we're, I'm glad we have to have you on. I know. It's because the <laughs> yeah.
2: Belmont is exciting this year. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. Are you freaking out? Like in a good way?
1: Well, <laughs> I don't know. Freaking out. <laughs> right word, but,
0: he has I mean, a life other than this, Jamie.
2: <laughs> well, he
1: did. Well, you know. You know, we did just have a triple crown winner in 2015.
2: Oh, my God. It's like no big deal anymore. What are you talking about? This is so cool that we, you know, I mean, my gosh, we had, we had uh, 1973, we had Secretariat and then in 77 slew and then affirmed in 78 and then it ended. So you better be excited because it could end again.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you never know.
2: So to, let's talk about the field. Okay. If you can't tell, I am super excited, uh, and pulling for justified just because I just love how this, I mean, this is an absolutely incredible test of a horse and to have a horse that net did not even run as a two-year-old here, he pulled the, the number one post position. How does that affect, mm-hmm. does that affect anything when the race is a, a mile and a half?
1: Um, probably not, especially since he has such classy speed, some, uh, you know, a high cruising speed that he's put on display in every race, including the Derby and the Preakness where, you know, people are people, people and horses try to run with him and, and they just can't do it. Uh, so the fact that outside of him. He doesn't have right, you know, if if he had a real speed horse right to the, the outside of him, that could be a problem because he might get pinned in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The only issue, the only issue for him is if he doesn't break well, the one post can be a problem. Right. Because again, he could get, he could get pinned in, but he hasn't shown any propensity to not break well. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, Mike Smith will make sure he breaks well yeah so and 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 you know he's he's pro- he was probably going to go to the lead in this race anyway, so the fact that he is going to the lead and he gets to save all the ground by being in the one post probably is to his advantage in the end
2: cool, cool now now the horse just to his outside free drop billy uh how is that? How does he do, uh, you know, I, I'm so, I'm so scared when the break happens. Obviously you look at the Derby and, and, you know, I think it was like the 15 horse just side swiped and that always worries me. How does free drop Billy factor in to justify his break?
1: Um, probably not much because he's a closer and he's usually, okay. you know, at the back of the pack for, Perfect. for much of the race yeah and and in in this scenario the belmont stakes people think I, I some people tend to think that because the belmont stake is longer that horses who come from behind have a better chance it's actually the total opposite just go back and watch every belmont stakes of the last 30 years and you'll see what i'm talking about you have to be within 5 to 6 lengths of the lead heading into the far turn or you have virtually zero chance to win the Belmont. Almost mm-hmm. all the horses who win the Belmont are close to the pace.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So again, that's another thing that plays in justifies favor very much like American Pharaoh in 2015, high cruising speed gets to the lead. Then the object of the, the rest of the field is try to run him down. And so far, no one's been able to do it. So again, he's, you know, he's a deserving and, you know, justifiable favorite.
0: Well, we have some new <laughs> horses in this race, though. Who are you looking at as the one who could, po- or two that could possibly chase him down at the end?
1: Yeah, certainly. I mean, again, to me, the the one thing that could catch up to justify is, in fact, he didn't start, as you mentioned earlier, Jamie, the, uh, you know, he didn't run as a two-year-old. His racing career didn't start till February 18th. He has had five races since then, three of them over a tiring, muddy or sloppy track. So he has every right in the last quarter mile of the Belmont to maybe get a little tired. Mm-hmm. Um, he's shown no indication of that, you know, in his training, but that is where that's where this all comes down, and that's why you know if you're as a better, you might say, well, I got to take a shot against him." and if you're looking at Um, the horses in this field that might be able to, to track him down. I'll give you the two that I think are the the best bred, um, you know, and the best trained to to do that would be one would be Hoffberg uh, trained by Bill Mott, who is a hall of famer of the highest order and going into the Derby, he couldn't stop talking about how good Hoffberg was. And Bill, Bill Mott does not, you know, he does not uh, talk up his horses ever. So yes,
2: and I bet Hoffer. Yeah. thank you very much. And, yeah. uh, see
1: and, and he and he didn't. Well, he didn't have. I mean, it was the Derby. There's 20 horses. Uh, you know, it's it's just chaos. He didn't have a good trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got bumped around. He still managed to finish seventh, and that's actually a pretty good finish based on where he started. Right. He gets Irad Ortiz. You know, his jockey is Irad Ortiz, who is is brilliant and uh, very good at Belmont Park. So Hoffberg is probably the number one. Hoffberg is so well-bred. He's he's a tappet out of a touch gold mare. Touch gold won the Belmont. So it's uh, the breeding is all there. He's bred to go a long way. The other one is Vino Rosso, who I said before the Derby would win the Belmont um, if he didn't you know, show up in the Derby. And he's another one. He didn't have a good trip in the Derby. Um, he's very well-bred by Curlin out of a street crime error. He has John Velasquez, another brilliant jockey who's won a couple of Belmonts. So, and he, he's one of those, the, he's, he, he's the prototypical Belmont horse. He just keeps coming and coming and coming and he kind of grinds it out. And that's how, how the Belmont is won a lot of times. So I think he's very dangerous too.
2: And Todd Pletcher, of course, the trainer too. And he, he certainly knows his way right. around, uh, New York, so... Well,
0: yeah, he's won, he's won three Belmont, so... Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I just looked at the weather, and there's a 50 to 60% chance of rain on Saturday in Elmont, New Yeah, York. I mean, it, it, again, it's...
1: Uh, it, it... As we've seen the last uh, two races with the Derby and the Preakness, the weather has been pretty fickle, and then all of a sudden the skies open up. Uh, but so far, the forecast has looked pretty good. Um, and Hopefully we get a dry track for one.
2: If it rains on Saturday as justify the horse. Okay. I'm I'm a horse and I realize that oh it's raining. It must be race day. You know, like he's gonna start to associate yeah. rain with racing. And so he must be Maybe. like, Why won't they ever let me run in the sun? What
1: the hell uh, he seems to like it. Maybe he likes it when it rains, so
2: I think so. I think so. So, so we've got that, that would I guess be your trifecta you would play would be justify Hoffberg yeah. and Veneroso. or do you have a sleeper? Well, no, that's,
1: um, yeah. Those are probably the, the top choices. I mean, Tenfold um, ran well in the Preakness and he's also very well bred. He's a Curlin out of a tappet mare. Uh, trained by Steve Asmussen, another Hall of Fame. So player. he has no breeding at
0: all.
1: But he's also, he also has Ricardo Santana Jr., who's kind of an, a good under-the-radar jockey who just shows up and wins. I think he won four, grade, or, four or five stakes on Preakness Day. Um, so he is, uh, and he also attacks the speed. That's, that's the important thing. Closers, like I said, just, are up against it in the in the, or sorry in the Belmont. Um, you know, Gronkowski is, I suppose, interesting coming. You know, from Europe, I don't think he has the breeding though. People yeah. talk. You know, Chad Brown now has him in his barn. Uh, Lonro, the sire, is not known for throwing uh, twelve furlong colts. Yeah, but Very you're going to hear
0: endlessly, yeah. Scott, about Gronkowski with NBC yeah. <laughs> because they're going to yeah. run package after package yeah. because of the new of the new New England Patriots yeah. tight end guy Rob who bought into the horse. That's going to be a story we're going to get sick of seeing on Saturday.
1: Yeah, probably, and that's why um, I'll let everybody else bet him, and I'll just <laughs> say no thanks. <laughs>
2: fantastic yeah well so so we've got we're going to make our picks on friday anybody else that we should know about that's that could potentially be a standout before we let you go
1: well i don't think there's anybody else that's going to be a standout but um you know i think when we talked last time it was the wednesday before the freakness i hadn't really made up my mind about the, the the race in terms of how i would bet it I ended up playing a, a really big exacta. Only I just one one exacta. I only played one exacta and a straight exacta, and I played Justify over Bravazo, and get out. Oh yeah, and that paid thirteen to one. Um, <laughs> so I made quite a bit, quite a bit of cash on that. And uh, Bravazo, you know, he. I just feel like he's kind of coming into his own right now again. He's got tactical speed he you know he'll be pretty close to the pace um I
0: won up where'd he go?
2: uh- oh, did we lose him?
0: uh he's showing he's still on, but uh I don't know.
2: <laughs> Scott, we can't hear you, but I think what he was about to say was he won a lot of money with Bravazzo, so he feels a little bit loyal to him, probably.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, to give you an idea, the $2 exacta on that race paid $27.
2: I doubt Scott's a two dollar better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet his bet was a little uh, more yeah. than that. So if
0: he played a hundred, he came away with twenty seven hundred. So Oh my
2: gosh. Yeah.
0: Scott, I don't know what I don't know what happened there. Jimmy, maybe you can just uh give him a call back quick and tell him that we lost him and that we'll we'll just move on at this point. Um, we didn't hang up on him. I don't know what happened there. Now, it is getting rather nasty here. So why don't we do the book and wrap the show before I, and let me take my headphones off.
2: <laughs> to, okay, just to, the lightning storm. On, just to update you on the book, you might want to listen because we now know who did it. And it was the handsome nephew of Glenda Dupree. Okay, and his name is, oh gosh, uh, I may just Adam Okay, there we go. So at this point in the book, he has like kidnapped Kat after he already beat, beat the crap out of her. He's kidnapped Kat and she is in the house underneath like in some sort of like cave system. Okay.
0: Oh, wow. This has really gone dark since I left on vacation. Oh,
2: you have no idea. Uh, you have missed a lot.
0: Hold on. But you're going to want to listen to the first be- minute of before this Before you book. start, let me just, uh, we we're we're having some tech issues here. Seems that we lost Colin's studio altogether. It wasn't just Scott. So, Jemmy, are you back? I'm back. It seems like we lost Colin's studio altogether. If you could just do me a favor and give Scott a call back and tell him we didn't hang up on him. It was a tech issue. You got it. Okay, thank you. All right. uh, So let's uh, let's get the book started. The opium equation is the first of the Cat and Wright mystery series written by Lisa Waisaki. It features Cat and Wright, a Tennessee Appaloosa horse trainer, Darcy Whitcomb, teenager with a trust fund, Bubba Henley, a budding juvenile delinquent, and John Gardner, a mysterious barn manager. And of course, there's Sally Blue. Thank you to the publisher, Cool Titles, for allowing us to read this book. If you want to read ahead, all four books in the series are available in stores and online everywhere or at lisawysaki.com. Chapter 29,
2: Part 2. Help! I couldn't believe my ears. It was a faint cry. I had to hear it again to believe it, and I did. Help me! Although it was distant, I knew it was Bubba. And now I could hear him crying. Bubba, the crying stopped to be replaced with the ominous silence. Bubba, it's me. Cat, are you okay? There was a continued silence of such length that I was afraid Bubba had cried his last. Then I heard him again. And as he spoke, I began to turn around, frantically searching for the body that went with the voice. Cat, it's dark. I can't get out. I'm stuck. Bubba, stay calm. I'm here and I'm going to get you out. Adam or no, Adam, I was going to find Bubba, and he'd better not try to stop me. Bubba, listen, I can hear you, but I can't see you. Where are you? He began to cry again. I don't know. It's dark. I can't move. There's water. Lots of water. It's okay, Bubba. I'm coming. His crying grew louder as if the possibility of being rescued only made him more afraid that he might not be. Bubba, listen closely. I'm coming. You might not always hear me, but I'll call out to you every few minutes. Understand? The sound of hysterical weeping was his only answer. I'd been looking about the dark, gloomy room as I was shouting, trying to find an opening, a door, a hallway, a place where Bubba might be. He was some distance off that I could tell, but I didn't know where to begin to look. Through it all, Adam watched me silently, thumping the switchblade lightly against his thigh. I whirled toward him. I was so angry I could have killed him myself if Bubba's life hadn't been at stake. Where is he? Adam sat there stonily back in his staring mode. Please, Adam, tell me where he is. I fought to keep myself from physically attacking him. Fat lot of good that would do. Don't cause another death. He's a boy, a little boy. Think how you felt when your mother died. Think of the boy you once were. Adam, please, please. Adam could have been comatose for all the response I was getting. I grabbed the flashlight from him and played the dim light across the room. Only now I could see that it wasn't a room, not a real room. A cave, I thought? We're in a cave? On a whim, John and I had once gone with friends to a cave on the other side of the river. I don't know if it had an official name, but the locals call it the junkyard cave because you enter it through a tiny hole in the ground in an abandoned junkyard. I remember crawling on my belly through the slimy muck, climbing mountains of subterranean rock and being amused by the sightless but harmless bats that inhabited the cave. I also remember squeezing through almost invisible cracks in the rocks, cracks that led to a maze of passages and tunnels and additional huge rooms, so I adjusted my Thoughts and almost immediately saw the slim opening at the end of the ancient set of shelves. I poked my head right and uh, head and right shoulder into the crevice and found a fairly tall tunnel about four feet wide. What I could see of it, it sloped down to the right. I knew if I followed it, I would find Bubba. I turned back to Adam to the room. Bubba's down there! I screamed. You knew all along. How could you? Because I'm not a killer. Despite what you might think, I'm not a murderer. I didn't kill Aunt Glenda. Not really. If she had rolled over, she wouldn't have choked on all that blood and she would have lived. She was unconscious. How do you expect her to roll over when she's unconscious? I was furious and had forgotten with whom I was arguing. Had to get the kid out of the way down here. It's up to him. I even threw his cap out there for someone for you to find. And I brought him food once or twice. Once or twice. He's been here almost a week. Damn you, Adam. He could have died. He could still die. And so might you. That brought me up cold adam now stood next to me next to the crack in the wall he sighed cat i am so very sorry i'm sure you can understand that this is something i've just got to do i took a slow step back a slow step back into the creviced entrance to the tunnel and all of a sudden the tunnel seemed very small and confining and i didn't like to think how dark it would be without a light when we went to junkyard cave my friends insisted everyone have three sources of light just in case We'd been inside the cave for over an hour, hiking to a subterranean waterfall where we'd rested and ate lunch, and then we all turned our flashlights off. I've never known such total blackness. Not even the rat-infested apartment of my childhood home was that dark. The blackness was so thick, you felt as if you could cut it with a knife. It was so thick, I couldn't breathe until someone mercifully turned a flashlight back on. The thought of Baba down there alone in the dark for close to a week made my blood boil. There were other thoughts running through my mind, thoughts that also made my blood boil. One of them was the idea of Bubba and me starving to death in the tunnel. Another was me going mad from the blackness once the flashlight went out. I wasn't sure I could handle that or any of this for that matter. How does one come to terms with being killed? For once, common sense took over and I knew I had to get help. I had to get out of here and call Deputy Giles now. I turned and started to slip past Adam, but the crevice was too small for the both of us. He put his hand out with the knife out and I backed out. I backed off. I knew what those hands and that knife could do. And I didn't want any part of it. If he killed me, bubble would die too. There had to be another way. I need my medicine. Adam said with the pleading of a child and anyone who knows how badly I need it, it has to be dealt with. Oh, Kat, you must understand the joy I felt when I discovered this room. I found the latch on the dresser by accident. When I saw the room, I realized the air down here in the cave is perfect for preservation of this kind. Do you understand the consistent, cool temperature was perfect for keeping it a little of the opium ready for my grandmother to make laudanum all those years later? And then I discovered Colonel Sam's notes and recipes in the poppy fields. Every time I visited Aunt Glenda, I Bought stores of saffron and wine, and when the poppies could be harvested, I mixed a batch for myself. Can't you understand? I understood I wanted to shriek. I understood that I wanted to lie down and cry myself into a stupor, and that I wanted to pound my fist into the wall and bang my head against the cold, hard ground. But most of all, I understood that I wanted to kill Adam Dupree. I wanted to wring his neck until his throat was crushed. I wanted to kick him in the balls or to pull a two-by-four from one of the shelves and bash him senseless. But the total unconditional rage and fury unleashed inside of me was what stopped me. And I realized I wasn't going to kill Adam. Adam was going to kill me. If you'd have stayed out of it, Kat. If you'd have just stayed away. Boy, ain't that the truth. Hindsight, as they always say. But then Bubba surely would have died and I'd have gone to my grave knowing I could have done more. And that it was not acceptable. Okay. Let's think about this, Adam, I said, my voice surprisingly steady. You don't have to do this, you know. There are other ways we can work it out. The blue in his eyes had returned and had never been so deep, his smile never more sincere. It was the smile, the eyes, I realized, of an opium addict. It was the smile of a person whose own needs so totally superseded the needs of everyone else around him, including their very lives. The powerful cravings had so engulfed his mind and body that all this seemed normal to him. This, for him, was a reasonable situation. No cat. I'm sorry, we can't work it out, he said, and amazingly, I believed he was truly regretful about this fact. I do have to do this. You know you'd never let me get away with it, but I am sorry. I am, and by the time anyone finds you and the little brat, it'll be too late. I'll be long gone with all my medicine, and no one will ever catch up with me. Does that mean he wasn't going to kill me right here and now? It was a slim ray of hope, but when I caught just the same. No, cat, I've got to do this, and I've got to do it now. Go, go find your little friend. And with that, he gave me another shove. I staggered backwards into a jut into the wall, just as a heavy wooden door slid across the slim opening. Realizing that the door had cut me off completely from Adam and the outside world, I banged on the door and screamed Adam's name over and over again until I was hoarse. I stopped only because during a break in my screaming, I heard Bubba crying and knew I had to get to him before it was too late.